Welcome to Bloom, the podcast where mums share their unfiltered birth experiences. We hope that by listening to their stories, you feel empowered and inspired wherever you are on your own journey. Welcome to Bloom. A researcher by nature and by profession, Kristen completely surrendered to the natural power of the birth experience only after rigorous, wide-spanning research. This deep education filled Kristen and her birth team with confidence and the conviction that they could make informed decisions that were right for Kristen, whatever the situation that arose. A winning strategy as it turned out, because nature had a big surprise in store for this growing family. Kristen gave birth to her second baby Claire at midnight, on the side of a road, under the moon and stars, and entirely at one with her baby and with nature. A magical arrival by any standards, but most magical of all is the grounding and deep purpose that Kristen has found in motherhood that she never even knew she needed. Welcome Kristen, who we have with us today. Hi everyone, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for coming and deciding to share your story with us. We can't wait to hear it. So let's jump straight in. We'd love to hear your name, where you're from, what you do in life and who is in your wonderful family, please. Yes, my name is Kristen Spock and I live in Key Largo, Florida in the U.S. And I um, live with my husband, John, and our two kids, Roman, who is six years old, and Claire, who is two. And we also have a little scraggly dog named Frigate, and (laughs) he loves to swim in the ocean and jump off the boat and kind of climb through the mangroves. So we call him our our little swamp mutt. Um, And yeah, we we are both big um, kind of ocean lovers. That's how my husband and I met teaching marine science. And Mm. I'm predominantly a stay-at-home mom with Claire. Roman is in kindergarten. And, um, but I work part-time as a college professor and also running the education department at a dolphin facility here in Key Largo. And yeah, I love, I love, as a teacher, I've really enjoyed motherhood and the aspect of teaching my children. It's been like the best teaching gig ever. Mm. Uh, So yeah, once Claire's ready for school, I'll probably take a little more work responsibilities on and just continue sharing my stories about the ocean and and conservation and environmental science. Wonderful. And I have to say, you've got this, Kristen has this beautiful picture or painting <laughs> of a dolphin um, right behind you. you. You're looking very glowing and tan, suntanned at the moment. <laughs> and then there's this gorgeous ocean and dolphin sat right behind you, uh, making me very envious, sitting in a very cold, rainy um, part of Paris at the moment. <laughs> We have finally, the rain has dried up here in Key Largo. We had an odd bout of rain uh, for the past couple of days. And this dolphin was painted by one of my interns um, who was earning her master's degree. So it's one of our dolphins, Sarah. And she's a beautiful art. She's a wonderful artist. So that was a, a thank you gift. And we had a wonderful excuse me internship with her. would love to dive straight into hearing about your story. So did you always know you wanted to be a mother? And I suppose, where did your, your journey to motherhood really begin? Yeah, that's actually, uh, I never really recognized that as a powerful part of my story. And it's true. I, all my life, I assumed I was going to be a mother. I was very nurturing. I had a younger sister when I was 13 and loved kind of having her as my live doll. And I've always worked at the church nursery and being a teacher. I've loved children. 
But there was a point in my husband's and my uh, life together where we were just really enjoying traveling. We were always out on the boat, just the two of us. We really had this strong bond that we started to question, why would we mess with this? You know, we had a lot of women or I had a lot of women come give me these big ominous warnings of motherhood will change everything. It'll ruin your marriage. It will kids will destroy your relationship. And it sunk in to me that, wait a minute, I don't want to ruin this wonderful relationship. I don't want to Yeah, that sounds awful. to destroy. <laughs> yeah. And it was more than just a handful of women. It seemed like so almost every woman who had children had this really dark kind of view as to how they changed their life. Wow. So my husband and I really had these deep conversations of whether or not parenthood was a journey for us and whether you know we wanted to make that leap we definitely waited until we were a little bit older um we had already been married and living together for you know 10 years at the time and I'm not sure when we shifted back to it wasn't an accident we just started not preventing and we lucked out of getting pregnant early. We were very excited about it. There was no real like agreement of, okay, we, we actually are going to go ahead and do parenthood. It just was a natural organic shift in our, yeah, our, our lovemaking. And it just happened. It unfolded naturally. And I think that was good because we put so much thought into it and, mm. and other people's experience of, experiences affected us that we never probably would have made that leap. So just surrendering to mm. the universe and, and God's plan and what is to come is what opened up that door to us. And I tell you, we love parenthood. We, the oh. kid, it didn't ruin us at all. There, there are definitely challenges and we're tired and we're in the thick of it with young yeah. kids, but the kids come everywhere with our adventures. We're still traveling. We're still going on the boat. We just have extra little, you know, hands to help us with the anchor and yeah. with, you know, the same the same journeys that we had before. And it's even more exciting to see the wonder of the ocean through their little eyes, you know. Oh, that's to... gorgeous. You yeah, get an augmented so... reality on your adventures. Absolutely. And I'm so thankful that I didn't take those warnings seriously because I couldn't imagine not having had this experience in my life's journey. Not that everyone needs it. Everyone has their own yeah. journey. But for me, I have always been a nurturer and motherhood has really transformed me and empowered me and helped me tap into who I am. It's like a dream I didn't know I was even chasing. Thank goodness you weren't put off because it mm -hmm. does sound like those were some heavy influences. You mentioned other women sharing their stories. Where else did you learn about pregnancy before it actually happened to you? Were you clued up about pregnancy or was it kind of learning on the job? No, my mom is a, a nurse uh, practitioner and she's always volunteered at the local pregnancy centers and I've mm. always um, been by her side to help in community um pregnancy programs and and childhood health and orphanages. So I, I, I've definitely knew the medical aspect of it. I knew mm. the what it you know what it would look like for me to be a parent. You know, I, I had a wonderful role model in my mother of I was her tag along. So I knew I wanted my mm. kids to be my tag along. They are a part of everything I do in life, but just like I was with my family. Um, so I definitely was clued in. I I was not clued in to how powerful it was for me. I didn't, 
I didn't expect it to be so transformative, but I guess Mm. there's really no possible way to clue anyone in on that. It really helped ground me. And I didn't realize I needed grounding. I didn't realize Mm. that I I was looking for this purpose. And it Mm. has given me purpose. Because I thought, you know, I've had a career. I had a loving relationship. I have a strong family unit. I had everything that I thought I would ever need. And this was something that I needed and I didn't realize. Well, what a wonderful realization to have. Yeah. yeah. And so you have wonderful Roman and Claire. So mm-hmm. how was getting pregnant with Roman that first time? Did it kind of go smoothly? And, and what was that first pregnancy like? It did. It went smoothly other than, you know, a couple of aches and pains here and there. Um, I did have a little bit of a... a I didn't realize the type of um, like syst- medical system with my practitioner that mm. it wouldn't be gar- I thought I in the movies you have the doctor that you visit and that doctor stays with you and is there when you give birth and, and here in South Florida since maybe it's population you know you, you might have that doctor they have these joint practices where okay it might be another doctor that you've never met or it might be who else is on call so I was like, wait a minute, I, I want to get to know this person throughout my pregnancy and have that person there. Right. And that wasn't the case. And I, I was worried about that. So I went down this road of finding a doula and learning what a doula is and, and midwifery. Um, so with Roman, I started to tap into this alternative route for or what what is now considered alternative when, you know, that's been years in ancient history, people have been having midwives and that type of birth assistance. But for me, I always just knew about the hospital route. I didn't know about these other options. Um, We live on an island that is far from any um, true hospital, any any NICU care or anything like that. So my husband and I wanted to try to find a blend where we did have the doula, the hypnobirthing, um, the natural, but we agreed that we wanted to do it in a hospital. Um, So with Roman... We um, started to tap into this female empowerment, um, natural births, you know, plan, and um, but within the hospital. So I had a great advocate team who worked with the nurses. It went really well. My mom's very strong. So she had her medical knowledge to also consult with the nurses. And I had a wonderful pregnancy, a wonderful birth. Um, and it what didn't maybe wasn't what I first initially thought it was going to be but everything went well okay so what when you say it wasn't what you necessarily thought it would be what what did happen was it in I had I had never met the doctor that delivered Roman okay. and it was okay yeah. it was fine the doctor really didn't do the work it was the nurses I mean and I never had met those nurses but they were loving and warm mm. and helped me through it so I, I thought that it was going to be a big deal not having this practitioner this same practitioner with me all through the journey and it wasn't, it wasn't a big deal. But I did have other people who were with me through the journey. My doula, I had my husband and my mom. And that's really, I needed. You had your team. That team. Yeah. 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 I've never heard of doing the natural, the natural approach from within a hospital before. That's really interesting. Did you have to find a particular hospital that would agree to that? Or, or is that actually an option that you can kind of ask for and pursue with any any hospital? Yeah, I think um, it's it's definitely tricky because the hospital has specific policies. Um, but what my doula helped in- remind me and empower me is that they work for me. I, you know, they the hospital. If there's 
a possibility of doing something a certain way that I would like for my body that they need to at least hear it. Mm. And then we can have a conversation about whether or not that's something that is healthy for mom and healthy for the baby. And it was tricky. We had a lot of maybe tense conversations with the nurses Mm -hmm. that maybe disagreed with what was the particular route that should be taken. But with my mom's medical background and just her being a strong Italian woman, Mm -hmm. um, there I was confident that we were making the best decisions for my body and for the baby. And sometimes we would also, you know, back down on a request that I had of, um, you know, the, let's say, so I wanted to be in the water and the hospital, like in the shower Mm -hmm. and the hospital said, no, you can't Mm -hmm. be, you're too far along to be in the shower. And I said, I need the shower for my contractions. I need this Mm -hmm. on my back. We're doing it. And so it was a little bit of these moments here and there where it was like, who's going to win? And sometimes the, you know, the nurses won. I say by putting quotation marks on my hands because it's not, it shouldn't be this battle. It shouldn't be a win versus lose. Um, Sometimes they're, approach was what we went with sometimes our approach is what we went with and do you mean when you were in in the moment giving birth as well as I mean I'm sure before you had those conversations but that sounds like it was very much when you were in the thick of labor that was also going on that sort of yes, back and forth very much so and it we took turns having to advocate because I'm just focusing on my body and the contractions of and the course, baby coming yeah. so my husband, he he's not a confrontational person. He's Mr. Cool Cucumber, go with the flow. And I saw this different side of him mm. as he stood firm and said, no, this is not what we're doing. The baby's heart rate is fine. You know, he'd have to, we all had to educate ourselves. Mm. And that was what was empowering because then we weren't um, kind of just following what is a set protocol. We mm. were actually reading the signs of my body, reading the signs of the baby, um, you know, honoring what the instincts that I had I wanted to move around I wanted to walk Mm. I I felt very animalistic and I I just wanted to listen to my body and instead they wanted me on the bed they wanted the fetal monitor belt around my belly and that belt was very constricting and I felt trapped I felt like I was in um an institution or something and you know it was just a matter of saying I, I can't you know I had to speak up they weren't trying to make me feel like I was in an institution. No. That was just their policy that they were following. And all it took was a matter of me standing firm and saying, this is what I need. And they honored it. And it was wonderful. And you yeah. said that to, to get to that place of um, conviction and empowerment, that was through education, um, that you had 100%. all done that. What was the what were the ways that you got informed? Obviously, you had some good people around you who were themselves informed. But how did you get to that really strong place where you knew, okay, I know, I know the drill here. I, I feel confident because I've got the information and I can make these decisions myself. How did that happen? Yeah, I think it started with me. That's my natural um, kind of mindset is I'm a researcher. So I dug mm. in deep with literature. I, you know, read hippity dippity blogs on one end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And I read medical journals on the other end of the spectrum. And mm. I just kind of found my own balance in between of what felt right from from my um, perspective and then the real learning came from the doula so I met this I found this woman in the local area who had 35 years as a doula and Mm. she was a wealth of knowledge and she led me down some other um, roads of what to read up on Mm -hmm. and some things were not a good fit from her 
her perspective of what I wanted. And that's okay. I was, again, able to find my own special niche within this, this world of um, childbirth. And it, and it felt great because I knew I had options. And then once that education let me tap into my instincts of my body, and that was the most powerful thing is, is listening to my body and trusting mm. my body and trusting my gut you know, instinct was really, really empowering. And did you find that feeling through pregnancy as well? Um, you said that you kind of had a smooth ride of it pregnancy wise, but did, did that kind of confidence and, and tuning in happen over time? Or did you always kind of feel in tune and, and you had a kind of positive experience as well with the pregnancy? How, I, I, how think it grew, I think it grew with the pregnancy. So the more I physically saw the changes in my body, the more I was amazed at what science and miracle of childbirth, mm. you know, just there's a human growing inside of me. So that was an aha moment over time mm. of, wow, I am amazing. I am this, I'm creating life in my body. And I, I taught uh, teenagers at the time. I taught high school, what we call high school. I'm not sure what you guys that teenage secondary school and and I would I would they enjoyed being a part of the journey they threw me big baby showers they loved asking what size the the baby was at a certain time and I would tease them and be like guys I can't handle you today I'm growing an eyeball and and, or I'm growing (laughs) fingers and they would laugh and it's that was uh part of the transformation was just recognizing that women are incredible Mm. whether or not you've had a baby or whether or not you've chosen to go down motherhood you are amazing. We are the creators of life. We are, it's, it's like I've tapped into this ancestral like club I'm now a part of, Mm. you know, I, I am woman, hear me roar. And that I think also helped with the empowerment to come of this transformation. Amazing. What a feeling and what a realization. So this was, you know, you were, you were reading up, you were researching and getting your mind in the right place for the birth. Did you do anything uh, physically yourself or with your doula to prepare did did you find did you have certain symptoms through your pregnancy that you tried to um, alleviate at all how how did you sort of physically prepare as well for that natural birth I did a lot of walking and um, yoga and stretching I, I would have loved to have exercised but I just felt like I wanted to rest and mm. and be calm through the pregnancy yeah. um, we I still went out on the boat a lot in the salt water. I used to float in the warm ocean, felt mm. there like I was in a womb myself. Mm. Um, so I really, I tapped into the ocean even deeper in that level, um, aside from my career as a marine science teacher. Mm. Um, I had bad reflux. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I guess that's really my biggest complaint for both my pregnancies. I was very lucky that I had two simple you know healthy pregnancies but the reflux was just out of control mm. and insomnia I was very I just had to kind of surrender and let my body just do it so if it meant being awake all night then I was awake all night right. and you know tired the next day and just roll with the waves and um, I think my husband was the biggest support through the pregnancy he would wake up with me and massage my hips or massage my back uh. or just kind of calm my my worries of you know anxieties would creep in at the late night hours of yeah. shoulda coulda woulda what what might happen yeah um and for the reflux did you have to change your diet to fix that or was it just a I case did. of take in the UK we take Rennie's or Gaviscon I don't know if that's the same in the US yes that is I think most people do that I'm a I, I don't like medicine so I yeah. like if I had a headache I would I wouldn't take any Advil or ibuprofen or anything like that I wouldn't take any of the Gaviscon so I 
what I did take once in a while was um, papaya enzyme was helpful for like a momentary release, but no, it was all shifting my diet. And there were certain things, very large categories of food that I had to stay away from. I, some days I was just eating white rice just so that the reflux would be under control. Um, And the same thing for when I was breastfeeding, I had to cut out lots of things to help with babies reflux um, as well mm. not to say I never take medication but that's usually um, yeah, my, my go-to yeah if I if I can avoid it and so we have your pregnancy is going well you're getting into this wonderful empowered positive mindset what actually happens on the day with Roman arriving in the world how did labor start how did yeah. you know it was starting what actually happened to kick everything off yeah well Roman took his time it was a long labor and he just wasn't ready and everyone's waiting patiently patiently for 36 hours and then suddenly he starts working his way down the birth canal and the nurse said oh the doctor's in a c-section right now you have to we can't let him come out so they kind of held my legs shut Mm. to stop him from proceeding well my fiery italian mother says absolutely so she kind of physically pushes in and opens my legs back up the doctor did come just in the nick of time to catch roman um but he he wormed his way through and my first reaction I didn't I didn't know yeah he had this big cone-shaped head from sitting in that birthing canal so long and I go I love him even if he's deformed my mom goes no honey he's not deformed he's it'll it'll go down don't worry and he did have a beautiful round head eventually but I you know it's just I had this little squirmy thing and he we didn't know a name at the time we didn't have a name set um until a few hours after he was already born uh, Roman is a family name on my husband's side, and mm. he thought that might be a little too strong for us to name him. And I kind of already knew. I, I even before we knew it was a boy, this this name Roman Lucian, mm. which is his middle name Lucian, is another family name on my side. Um, and so I was in the shower in the recovery room, and John had uh, my husband had said to the family, oh, this is Roman. I'm like, wait a minute, you decided already? <laughs> you, you, he goes, well, that's what you wanted. I go, okay. So it's just very like uh, kind of seemed like a flippant moment of just naming (laughs) our son um but it was beautiful and everyone is excited we have lots of family come down my husband's from boston massachusetts uh in the states and they uh flew down and uh my sister my parents everybody was in and out of the recovery room snuggling this new little baby and we're all girls i had sisters my my sister had only girls so he's the first boy and he Mm -hmm. definitely is the prince of the family he's wonderful he's this uh very curious um young boy and he's just the light of my life he's definitely uh my little soulmate and then this was a great journey of of being just with him a stay-at-home mom with just with him for four years and then we got pregnant with Claire which again was another just never really a big conversation we just decided to you know make love and and not prevent it and I got pregnant very easily with Claire again and had this very smooth pregnancy um until you know physically and then emotionally I had troubles because we had the pandemic and the pandemic okay that's when it hit Mm -hmm. it hit right when I was about six months pregnant with Claire Mm. and I will say it was an emotional journey for me to not let fear and anxieties uh really take over my mindset Mm. um the pandemic was a quiet time for my family because my husband didn't wasn't working the hospital where what he does for job wasn't 
Um, they didn't need him. Mm. And they physically shut down our island. They blocked, mm. they had National Guard at the roads where we connect to the mainland. Wow. So no one was allowed to come into our little chain of islands from the mainland. And it made for very um, quiet neighborhoods and quiet drives to the grocery store. Wow. So it was a peaceful time in the external, but a very stormy internal mindset of what is ahead of me with this this childbirth what was driving that do you think obviously just huge upheaval but what was going on in yes, your head yeah I think it what the the first thing was a little bit of losing so much of control of what my what I'm capable of at the hospitals they were very strict of separating like husbands weren't allowed in the room while women were delivering their babies mm. no doula no mother it was just going to be me and then I had stories of friends who were having the newborns taken away from them so that they could test for COVID no. um, and I just knew I'm not going to be separated from my baby no. that would be that would be really hard for me to work through so we started looking into other options okay. like home birth um, but then we had a complication if my midwife was on the mainland and she wouldn't be allowed through to come help me at my home. We didn't have any local midwives on the island. So that wasn't an option that realistically, logistically would go work out. And then we found a birthing center okay. that was right across the street from a hospital up in that mainland area. And we went with it. I fell in love. We had the option of doing a water birth at the birthing center. They had um, a team of, of nurses and midwives. So it was felt like this balance again of that medical route but then also this natural route a nice balance mm -hmm. and if there was any emergency I could just walk across the street or you know be wheeled across the street to this hospital okay so sort of all all options if you want it yes yes and it felt felt good because they they held the promise that they would not separate me from my husband or baby if we were to, you know, if there wasn't any sort of medical emergency. Which is so important. I feel that too. I feel my heart breaks for particularly new moms. You know, at this point, I kind of had an idea of what was to come, but I could not imagine being a new mom going into this hospital room by myself without, a, a, you know, either my partner or my mother or, so, you know, someone who you need to have by your side and going through that alone, I just, yeah. it gives me chills and it, make, it makes me so sad the fear that they, these women must have had going yeah. into it. And I do, I have, I have friends who went through it and it's just heartbreaking that this, they have, you know, they're working through it as like trauma. And it, yeah. it was this big moment of their life that did not go at all how they had dreamed or how they had, they had hoped. Completely and, out of your control. Yes. Yes. And in, 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 in a very, very set way yeah. you know the hospitals just would not wiggle you know how I I had said with Roman we had conversations and they would we would work through the decisions with COVID everything was absolutely not there is no decision making this is no. the protocol the hospital is going to follow um so we felt very good about this birthing center option because they honored as much as they could yeah. some of the things that we were hoping for but <laughs> <laughs> yes what I was gonna didn't... say what did happen in reality and I yeah. know you have a story here and I can't wait <laughs> yeah. to hear it um what actually happened yeah we uh we didn't make it we didn't make it in time we so um I knew living on this little island 45 minutes away from this birthing center that we would want to get up to the mainland as soon as possible my sister lives about 15 minutes away from the birthing center. So the plan 
was to, at the first sight of, you know, any sort of pre-labor, we would go up there. I would rest at my sister's house until we got closer in time to go to the birthing center. We would get Roman, who was four at the time, mm-hmm. um, settle. Uh, uh, yeah, four at the time. He would get him settled at my sister's house for a sleepover with his cousins. and Because that's a big uh, point of anxiety for mothers with other children, right? I think Absolutely. physiologically it can actually prevent you going into labor if you're not feeling comfortable that my other child is okay and looked after and protected. And I said that often. I go, what, what do women do if their sisters aren't living yeah. nearby? Or, you know, if they don't have family nearby, that's got to be very challenging for them. And I, and I, had people call me just in the in the community of hey can I can you be on standby if we need so and so and grandma doesn't get in in town yeah but that is something missing in our society is is Mm. an option for women to have their little older siblings settled with somebody in case of things not going the way that maybe they planned um so at the you know I took my nightly hot shower of letting the hot water run down my back to soothe uh the baby was already, we didn't know the gender. We, we okay. were waiting to be surprised. So we called the little baby egg. That's what oh. Roman, um, named the baby grown in belly egg. So I was, uh, egg was already a week late by this time past the estimated due date. Okay. And I was just in the shower and I felt a one tiny contraction, just one little thing. So I, mm-hmm. I notified everybody, told my sister, okay, we're going to start packing up and working our way up there. I called the, the birthing center, gave them the heads up. About 15 minutes later, I had an intense contraction and I started timing it on my little phone app. I just, you know, keeping track of everything. Okay, everything's fine. Mm-hmm. But then the next one came two minutes later. I'm like, wait a minute, this is speeding up pretty quickly. So I, I start hustling and I, again, notifying the midwife at the birthing center. Ah, this is going a little faster than I thought. Mm-hmm. Then they were 45 seconds apart. And we, so we hop in the car. We're like, we got to stop packing. We got to go. So I call my sister. I say, we're going to be dropping Roman off quickly and then getting moving because things are happening fast. Well, we didn't even make it down our street before my water broke. And so it broke in the car and that triggered a precipitous birth. So baby um, came 10 minutes later and we live 45 minutes away from this birthing center. So John is a little bit you know, panicking, he's driving faster than he should be. And he's like, I'm, I, I'm calling 911. And he hears me moaning along. Roman's helping me moan and yell to the contractions. And so Roman's with, with you as well. You're really living and this frigate. as a frigates in the wow frigates in the involved as well. So you're really living this as a family. <laughs> yes, in the car, driving down this road that connects. We call it the stretch. It's a, a very dark road through a um, marsh to get our island from our island to the mainland. Mm. And at one point my midwife is on the car Bluetooth and she hears that my moaning had a different tone to Mm. it. And she says, Kristen, you're shifting your, you're moaning a little bit. Can you do me a favor and just reach in and see if you feel anything? Mm. Well, sure enough. So she had identified that I was in transition with just my moaning, which is really powerful. I thought that was really amazing. amazing. And sure enough, I felt baby's head. So we were crowning at that point. We had not even made it halfway through this, what we call the stretch. Yeah. This, it's an 18 mile road that connects our island to the mainland. And so I go, John, you have to pull over. We, we, the baby's coming. So he calls on his work phone. We have now three phones of people. I've got my sister on one end, just kind of hearing the updates. I got the midwife. And then I have 911. John calls our emergency services. Mm-hmm. He goes, we're, we're calling an ambulance if we're going to do this on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. So we pull over. 
un- within minutes, he gets a, a little YouTube video for Roman to watch in his car seat in the car. Oh, wow. Frigate, he gets kind of settled down because Frigate's wondering what all this moaning is. Wow. He's getting excited that we've pulled over thinking that he's going to go for a little walk, yep. but he does not. <laughs> no, I'm afraid not. Frigate, <laughs> this is not about you. Uh, yeah, exactly. Sorry, Frigate, you're going to have to wait. And then, I mean, within seconds of John getting them settled in the car, he comes over, he takes his shirt off, and he catches Claire. No. So, well, well, I should say egg. We still didn't know at this time. So he catches the baby. It was... I just kept saying, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And I'm, I'm moaning under the moon. I look up, it's this beautiful full moon. It's this dark, beautiful marsh that I'm looking out that's glistening in the sunlight. It felt very unreal, but yet at the same time, perfect. Yeah. It felt like I was back in, you know, the Nile of Egypt, just looking, you know, pulling baby out on the, wow. the shoreline. I felt something was very... I, it's almost like movie-like that I felt like I was one with nature. Mm. I was one with oh, my getting animal goosebumps. inside. It sounds beautiful. Oh, it was, it was beautiful. But at the same time, it felt like it shouldn't have been beautiful. Yeah. I'm like, I, my mind is telling me this is an emergency, but my body says, no, everything's, everything's I got okay. This. Yeah. I, yeah. And so once I surrendered to my body and didn't let my mind think of all what could go wrong, yeah. I just grabbed the baby and I right away the baby latched. She was she didn't she didn't cry or, or scream. She just started singing nice. and she had latched. And I looked around in the headlights of, of the truck and John's just sitting there shirtless with the shirt wrapped around the baby. And we're just staring at each other. and We're like, we're OK. Everything's OK. We just oh did it. Goodness, we, that just happened. She's here. Or, yeah, that's where we were like, that just happened. Yeah, that's yeah. wild. Yeah. And finally, about 10 you know, or not. even It wasn't 10 minutes. It felt like 10 minutes, but it was about, probably about three minutes. My sister's on the phone. She goes, is it a boy or a girl? So we're like, oh, oh, let's check. So we see that it's a beautiful little girl. And we had already had the name Claire ready for if it was a girl. And I, my midwife says, are you feeling okay? And I said, I feel fine. Right. My, you know, my heart rate's fine. The baby's already latched and nursing at this time. So um, she was still connected to me. I had not delivered the placenta at this point. Okay. So we told John to go ahead and cancel the ambulance, the emergency, the 911 emergency services. And so we said, thank you. We're okay. We're going to get back in the car and continue to the birthing center. Wow. So I did. I wobbled over and I had to hunch because the umbilical cord was not long enough for me to stand up straight. So I wobble over with this baby nursing and I hop back in the car and I, we drive up to the birthing center and just in time, every, you know, my sister met me there, picked up Roman got him in the car seat in her car settled and the binwives just in time to deliver the placenta wow. which was intense I did not yeah. really remember how intense the placenta was full contractions but I was grateful to be in a bed by this time to deliver the placenta oh my goodness yeah so mom and baby was fine you carried on on your own totally we were ready I mean I was walking fine I you know I was sore just like anything but it felt I, it felt good to not be stuck in a bed. I used to pack up walking into the car and I got my baby. And in fact, we chose to leave the birthing center early. We had already been in the car at this point with the baby. Yeah, so we said, can we, we, can do can we just go home? Yeah. You know, once they checked me out and I was fine, I didn't have any bleeding. They watched me for, monitored me for about an hour. Um, and so we just kind of like zombies, deer in headlights, like, wait a minute, what just happened? We just worked our way back home. And I loved being back in my bed and had I had like some um, bone broth that my mom brought Mm. me and some tea and it felt great to be home 
moments after this baby came. I, I would just, do a home birth again in a heartbeat. It sounds magnificent. And in a way, the opposite of the experience that you were having where you said you were feeling trapped and literally your legs being closed by a midwife. I, I can't mm-hmm. I can't kind of quite um quite imagine that. That that feels just wrong. But Yeah. Well and I said I go, Oh mom, I wanted a, a water birth, natural birth. She goes, What? You had the most natural birth <laughs> yeah. there could possibly be. You couldn't have and, died you know, into very, the marsh. You couldn't have and there was a part of me that that I would say, because as I as I was going through this transformation of empowerment and reading, I started tapping into like I read books like the women women who run with the wolves and stuff like that. And mm. um I was reading into this kind of ancestral feminine empowerment divinity. And so I would say like, I could just pull this baby out in the woods howling like a wolf in the moon. And sure enough, I was under the moon and I yeah, was pulling baby Pretty out much the woods, as close so. as you could get to that. There you was, did it. Yeah. There was part of me that maybe was preparing for the, you know, the destiny that was to come. And I didn't wow. realize, I mean, I wouldn't have chosen the side of a, a road, but no, um, it was beautiful. I, I feel it like I beautiful. need to revisit some of these details because that, that is <laughs> wild in yes. many senses. So because you said you were in the shower, <coughs> one tiny contraction you start moving <clears throat> mm-hmm. a you hadn't you started getting two minute contractions and then 45 second contractions I don't even know how you're you're functioning at that point you know because aside from having to actually go through the contraction you're not resting in between let alone trying right. to get your dog your your little boy your bag you know how did you do that I I think adrenaline kicked in yeah. because you know my my husband was on this page of we're leisurely working our way up there so he's sipping his coffee yeah and I'm like John, we got to go. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We, you need to get the baby. So he did, once Once he saw the look in my eyes, I was like, no, we're not leisure anymore. No. You need to get moving. And how did he you did the, know the that? Because I know it's possible to get quite quick contractions in early stages of labor. Maybe if your waters are broken, you get quite quick contractions. But did you just feel, you just, mm-hmm. you just knew, uh, was that? Because my body knew. Your body knew. Yeah. You well, knew. And it was consistent. It was consistent okay. too. So I, I, the midwife had told me, you know, I think she had like, I don't remember what the ratio was, but she's like one to three or like a one contraction every three minutes or something yeah. like the, along those lines of what to look out for yeah. that it's game time. Yeah. Um, and so it was following that guide. Yeah. But then, like you said, it was exactly like you said, my body just knew wow. something's happening. We're getting we're getting moving. And I looking back, I would have I should have just stayed home if I really knew I I, did, I had a, a thought that maybe I should have just been home instead of the side of the road, but we tried our best to get there. Yeah. John was insisting, like, we got to get closer to this birthing center. And that he is amazingly quick. It. I mean, you couldn't really have anticipated that, could you? How, yeah. how long do you think yeah. that was, the whole period from, you know, getting that first It was about 40 minutes. Wow. 40 minutes. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was within the hour. So it was it was labeled a precipitous birth, okay. which is with the doctor. And you're in, you're in the back of the car and you are realizing slowly or quickly in this that that you know baby is coming how are you mentally how are you physically are you able to think you you know are you able to worry about things or were you just having to follow your body and listen to it my biggest thought for most of that car ride was not to scare Roman Roman was very impressionable he sees me moaning and so we made it a little game where he would try to moan with me and who could hold the moan the loudest (laughs) so focusing on him Mm -hmm. allowed me to not get worked up and worried about what was happening Mm -hmm. very quickly so I just looked at his little eyes and we would moan together there was the moment of the shift of the transition I I soiled myself I pooped my pants yeah 
um, because I, I had full belly. I'd just eaten dinner. Yeah. My hair was still wet from the shower. Yeah. Um, and I, I started to panic a little bit because it was stinky in the car yeah. and, and then Roman's like seeing, I'm like, wait, something's happening. And yeah. you know, I was embarrassed that my husband's smelling, you know, my poop in my pants. And, um, at that moment, that's when my moaning started shifting mm. and it could have been the transition. It also could have been, I was panicking a little bit. Mm. Um, and I felt constrained in the car. Yeah. I physically couldn't let my body, you know, wiggle, ride the wave of the contraction yeah. and, and, you know, wiggle my hips and such. So getting out of the car was opening for my mind and an opening for my body. That, wow. that wide open space yeah. of just the grass and the moon and the open sky. We have this beautiful horizon because we don't have mountains. We don't have anything. It's yeah. just wide open sky and stars was calming. Wow. It was, it allowed me to find this piece of, okay, I've got this. Yeah. And just that surrender to my body. Wow. I also actually, I should very much note because this is why I feel very excited to be participating in this project that you're doing. And I think it's so powerful. Throughout my pregnancy, I followed like Instagram pages and podcasts of women sharing their birthing stories. Mm. And a lot of them were these unique situations where they happened to give birth in the car mm. or they gave birth on their bathroom floor. Watching other women go through it reminded me in that moment other women have gone through it yeah. I can do it too yeah. and so why that's what gives me chills of what you're doing here with bloom stories is going to have an impact on so many because hearing those women's stories reminding me that I too am a part of this amazing circle of women on our planet and and throughout time mm. of women just giving birth under the moon and it's okay yeah. the moon welcomed us and you know the earth welcomed us and it was beautiful. I mean, I just, I, I, I wouldn't because I want to make sure that I lucked, you know, I was very blessed that baby was healthy. I was healthy, yeah. but it was kind of nice giving birth outside. Yeah. If I was able to moan as loud as I possibly needed to, yeah. I was able to, um, you know, just look up and take breaths of fresh air. It was great. It, it <laughs> sounds like it should be a movie. It sounds absolutely beautiful and, and not without its challenges, clearly. But sure, but sure. It sounds like that physical space really kind of just allowed you to embrace it and embrace the moment and move how you needed to. How when you got out of the car, how did you move? What position did you give birth in in the end? Oh, yeah. Good when, it, when, so... you, when you were allowed to do what you wanted? Yeah, when I got out of the car, I stripped down my bottom half of clothing, my underwear, and um, and then I stood. I stood. My body wanted to stand, and I kind of um, just opened up my legs and, and did like a squat position. And she just she just came right out into John's arms. So he happened to kind of uh, actually the midwife asked him now that I didn't remember this, but she said, "John, are you in front of Kristen or are you behind?" And he said behind, because that's kind of how my, my derriere was squatting in that back position. Mm -hmm. He thought that's the angle the baby's going to come out. So she guided him back to my front. Mm. And sure enough, that was the correct position to mm. help catch baby. That was the angle. I don't know how the midwife could have known that over the phone. Wow. Um, and then there's this photo that John took with his phone of me. You've seen it. It's on the side of the road. Yeah. And we're in the light of the headlights. And I've got a phone on my knee and that's the midwife talking me through everything of checking, you know, she's doing like her little post part, you know, post check over the phone of, okay, is baby's eyes open? Mm. And I'm like, yep, baby's eyes are wide open, loving this dark, you know, the baby loved the darkness. Oh, it, wow. it, 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 the baby, Claire, I can say yeah. Claire, because <laughs> at that point we didn't, at that point we didn't have her as Claire, but 
I looked out and, and it was quiet and the baby loved it. Whereas Roman with the lights of the hospital, he was squinting mm. and he didn't know what was happening. So many people were mm. there and poking and prodding him versus just mom and baby. And it was peaceful. She didn't cry. She yeah. was just cooing. Like wow. She was singing to the moon too. And wow. the quiet was really, again, we had this locked down road. So there was only a few cars passing by and wow. it was just the crickets kind of the cicada. It was crickets and cicadas were chirping in the background. And... <gasps> oh, I feel, I feel goosebumps. It just. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was beautiful, but also crazy you know when yeah. when you snapped back to reality of like wait a minute I'm not in this fairy tale storyland I'm on the side of a road yeah. like, we need to get <laughs> so we did snap back to reality quickly and, and know that we needed to get we did to get somewhere we needed to check um how was the rest of the family when all this happened as well because you're living it but um clearly they are as well and how was John because he's he's trying to drive he's trying to manage conversations he's trying to make sure you're okay everybody's okay and then he's diving to catch Claire at the right moment how oh, how bless, did he live this whole soul. thing he bless his soul he was like a deer in headlights for three days he looked like oh. he had been he looked like he he would walk around and all of us all the women his mom his sister my mom my sister would giggle they're like is he gonna be okay <laughs> like he he was just because uh, i at this point now had a job i'm feeding baby I, yeah. i'm ready to go and i also was able to listen to my body where he didn't have that instinct yeah. of, of something to calm him he didn't have any other than just seeing me moan and poop myself and yeah. poop all over him and everything all and sorts, yeah so he yeah he he it took him some time to really settle down into recovering from it because it was a lot for him it was a lot and he was a champion he was amazing but he was stunned for about three days he was just walking around with his eyes open and um probably had to kind of unravel some some stress from from what just happened and and what about roman how was introducing because you leave the car claire arrives and you how was introducing claire to roman he was adorably clueless so we come (laughs) back in the car and i'm still connected to the baby at this point so i'm in the front seat he's in the back and i lean over i go oh honey baby egg is here and we it's a girl we named her claire and he looks up from his little youtube video who goes oh hi and he goes back to his YouTube video, like this huge existential like miracle just happened. And this cute little four year old just peeks up from his car, from his little YouTube video as if nothing happened. And he accidentally hit uh, a song on there that was playing for our, the rest of our drive. It's Rascal Flats. Life is a highway. It's from the movie Cars. Like, oh, wow. but it was perfect because I'm like laughing in the car with John. We're like, life is a highway. You know, like, it's like, it's crazy. We just had a baby on the side of the Worlds road. Worlds colliding. Yeah. And, yeah. So, and Claire just nursed the entire car ride and just was nuzzled in my bosom and, uh, you know, wasn't in a car seat. So I'm sure <coughs> some people would have issue with that. But I mean, she's still connected to me at this point. Oh, so we, we I just feel like went with it. If anyone deserves the label super mum, <laughs> then you definitely do. Because this just sounds well, like, not only like, do you paint such a positive picture of it? Because, you know, not everyone would. This could have been a really traumatic <laughs> experience for you. But the way you tell it and the way it sounds like you lived it is this wonderfully empowering moment and moment in your life and for your family. Thank you. I will I will take that title and that compliment of Supermom because I do feel like I felt like a superwoman yeah. at that time. Yeah. But I also want to make the the statement that I knew in that moment that we were it's the same as every birth. Like mm. it was no different than anything that every other woman mom goes through mm. of childbirth. We are amazing. We are all superhuman mm. I mean, the the stress that our body goes through to make the life and then 
the stress it undergoes to get that life here, Earthside, mm. is profound. Mm. And so thank you for that. But it really goes across all childbirth. Mm. It is amazing. And I didn't do anything. My body really did it all. And that's mm. that surrender is is important, I feel like, mm. um, and letting your body just do what it was made to do. It's this magnificent machine. Yeah. And it Perfectly knows exactly designed. what it needs. It's perfectly designed. That's exactly how to describe it. It's perfect. It's a miracle. Let's talk a little bit about across your two births. So you had two natural births. Let's talk about pain a little bit. And I know pain is mm. sort of a, a, a maybe not nice word to put to it either. We talk about mm-hmm. waves and contractions and, you know, the sure. sensations of labor. But there's a lot of pain there to manage. And, and you talk about surrendering and getting in that positive mindset. How how did you manage, especially the first time maybe? Because as you mm-hmm. said, you had 36 hours before you kicked into mm-hmm. active labor, was that? No, that's including. Okay. so I'd say with Roman, the, the pain level was intense and similarly intense for both. Yeah. But with Roman, I was exhausted. Right. I had endured those contractions for so long that the fatigue was more wearing on me than the intensity of the pain. Mm. Whereas with Claire, the pain was intense, but it was over in a matter of minutes. Mm. You know, I, I, I was never at this point where I was just mentally, physically exhausted. There was mm. a point of Roman's child uh, labor where I, I looked at John and I go, I don't feel like I'm in my body anymore. Like, I feel like I'm hovering over. I'm so tired. I'm starting to get a little delirious. Mm. Um, I was starting to say things that were a little strange. I'm like, I'm a giraffe. I'm a giraffe. And I was like moaning and I was like kind of out of it because I was so tired and I was so over the intensity. And with Claire, I was with it. I was very lucid the whole time. I was I, I was just kind of right. It was like I was on this like really quick roller coaster ride of like whoa that was fun that was crazy yeah. <laughs> it was intense but it was crazy yeah um so that was a big difference of between the two and with roman since he was taking so long they had given me pitocin okay. and the pitocin upped the, p- the pain to a whole different level that was not manageable for me what is pitocin oh pitocin is to um is a, a synthetic drug to help speed things along and it in, right. it makes the it kind of triggers your body to get those contractions going okay and um the way somebody described it is like the pain that my body gives me for the contractions itself I can handle it because it's my own body my body's not going to mm. give me something that it can't handle yeah. whereas when you start to get the synthetic drugs to work through things now this is a different level of pain mm. and that was really horrific the pitocin was terrible I would, I, I, if, I mean, they said it was necessary because I needed to move Roman, you know, get things going, but man, if anyone can avoid it, I would avoid it. I had the chills. I was shaking by this time. It just didn't feel part of my body anymore. It felt out of body. It felt, it was terrible. Your body was being forced into something it it didn't want. Yeah, correct. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't surrendering. It was like, it felt like I was fighting my own body at that point. It was something chemically fighting my body. And how did you, did you have any particular techniques that helped you get through all of the contractions and helped you surrender, whether Mm -hmm. that was kind of breathing techniques or physically physical things that you you had in your toolkit what was what was in your toolkit I suppose mm-hmm. for yeah. the, the live the live labor and getting through it yeah the, the hypnobirthing courses really helped in terms of like you said that physical movement of my hips walking around was really helpful I just was pacing and pacing back and forth mm. that's kind of what I was 
trying to say in the moment, I felt like a giraffe in a zoo, just like pacing from wall to wall. Um, So movement. And then my midwife always kept saying an open mouth will help with an open cervix. Mm. So opening all my body, my eyes, opening everything helps the rest of my body open. And I feel like that moaning with, um, with Roman in the car with Claire helped me with a big open mouth moan, Mm. um, a deep moan kind of tapping into that animal instinct. I sounded like a guttural animal. And and that helped. Well, I mean, it, (laughs) <laughs> I feel like I'm trying to take in everything that happens. It's like it's yeah, it's like it, that's how John felt. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. While covered in poop, poor thing. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to labor. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And how was recovery? You obviously with Claire got to go home very quickly. With Roman, were you able to get home quickly? I I felt physically fine with both. With Roman, I was in the hospital for 3 days and it was okay. You know that I was I was tended to. They let my family come in and I had visitors and I rested and baby and I were fine I was excited to get home um with Claire I loved being home right away and I had because I was home with Roman yeah you know with I wasn't anxious to get home when I had Roman in the hospital because there was no one at home needing me yeah but with that second one I wanted to be back with my little toddler I wanted to be home with him and and be a full family yes exactly and and we got to have that right away he had one little brief you know sleepover couple hours at at his aunt's house and then we were all home together again and it felt right to be home as a family unit and they mm-hmm. in my own bed everyone's bringing me snacks and I healed quickly we were able to go on little walks with the dog and um it was nice to just recover um smoothly in my own safe space well thank you for sharing these gorgeous stories because Aww. I mean I just think it's a wonderful example of just what you were able to achieve with your own body and it honestly sounds magical and you did a heroic thing um by by any standards so thank you for sharing that with us and I wanted to ask you before we we have to go looking back now having gone through these experiences um is there anything that you wish you'd known about motherhood or giving birth or pregnancy beforehand that you know now that might have reassured you I encourage all pregnant women to reach out and learn about these birth stories. I think that is probably the most um, powerful thing that could have been able to influence my experience is the experience of others because you then realize you're not alone in something. And when you Mm. realize that as a creature, you're not alone in something, then you can calm yourself down. You know, you're not, this isn't an emergency. Oh, this happened to, you know, someone else down the road and they got through it so I can get through it. So just Mm. kind of reminding that we are a part of nature and our bodies like you said are perfectly designed Mm. and um I I used to always think that pregnancy was going to be this horrific experience you know the movies make it out to be just women screaming and sweating and yeah it is intense I don't want to take that away from what people are experiencing because it was intense I was sweating I was screaming but it wasn't something to be feared it was something to really uh, grab a hold of and, and just it's a wild ride and if you look at it as this adventure and as this ride and not this horrific you know outcome then it can be beautiful well, I think that sounds like a wonderful place to end it on that very <laughs> positive outlook thank you so much Kristen for telling us your story oh, and thank you for doing this for us all the best for your wonderful family that's the end of this episode Take care and see you next time.